0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's baruch with today's lesson
1: god is a great god who does great things for his people and the foundation for experiencing greatness from god is obedience salvation this regeneration by means of faith is wonderful But it only positions us where in this world we can take hold of victory. But we take hold of victory by submissiveness, by obedience, by trusting and walking in faith. Not allowing what we see with our eyes to, to deter us from the commandments of God. Where he would have us to be and what he would have us to do. Take out your Bible. And look with me to Sefer Yehoshua, the book of Joshua, and chapter 4. Now, of course, we began this chapter last week, and we ended with this concept of judgment, that God is going to bring judgment, and this judgment is going to establish His purposes, establish His order for the children of Israel, in order that they might do the things that God has called them to do this is why he has brought them out of egypt and those who were faithless those who walked in the the memory of egypt and the the culture of egypt and the perception of egypt what happened to them they died in that wilderness and now it's those who have persevered in trusting depending relying upon god who have been brought into this promised land a land that they're going to take by war and God wants to reiterate to the people his supernatural power and we're going to see this is true in their history and now it's true in their present and it's going to be true in their future so look with me to verse 15 joshua chapter 4 beginning with verse 15 we read here and the lord said to Yahshua, saying command the priests the ones who carry the ark but notice there's a change our own high the ark of testimony now we see something why is the ark of the covenant spoken of by a multiplicity of names here we see it called the ark of testimony we've already said what is inside is those tablets and what's important is this they relate to the instructions of god god's purposes god's expectation for his people and when we take hold of them when we apply them to our life when we are dedicated to what God has commanded us to do, we can expect that there would be a testimony, a testimony from God. Let's say that another way, that there will be a response from God. So God's instructions, what instructions? All of his biblical instructions, we need to take hold of through faith, apply them in the newness of the spirit to our life, in order that God will respond in our situation. So if we're not interested in obeying God, what we're saying is that we're not interested in God. Obedience is foundational. And I'm always amazed. We get probably more responses on on this concept of obedience and warning. This is legalism. This is, is quenching the grace of God. This is not the New Testament faith. Well, I assure you, it is. We are entering into a new, new time. A time of change, a time of transition. That's where we are. And it's only going to be a spirit of obedience and submissiveness that is going to prepare us, that that bring us into God's provision so we can endure, persevere, overcome, and be doing the things that god would have us to do obedience is not in conflict with faith in fact faith produces obedience and if that's controversial if you have a problem with that let me just share with you you're listening to the wrong person If you want to hear individuals that say the grace of God is the cure for everything, you accept God's grace. Don't worry about his instructions. Don't worry about his will. Don't worry about his word. Just just live in grace. And I'll tell you what that produces. When you have that mindset that I just received grace from God, grace is wonderful. But biblical grace moves us to obedience and heretical grace will move us into sin, will move us into an experience that is an offense to God. And let me be very clear, much of what is popular among the expressions of worship today is a stench in the nostrils of God. People are approaching God not out of a sense of surrendering to Him, embracing His truth, submitting to his instruction? No, they are all excited about what God's going to do for them. And it's simply heresy. We need to understand and answer the question why over and over and over and over the ark of the covenant is mentioned. And here as I said, look at our first verse verse 15 where it says and the Lord spoke to Jehoshua saying command the priests the ones who carry the Ark of the Testimony, that they go up from the Jordan. They had been there for the entire passing. They remained there after all the people passed in order that 12 men could come back and that they could take those 12 stones that we talked about last week and we'll talk about this week. So finally, the priests, the ones who carry the Ark, the Ark of the Testimony, they, they went up from the Jordan. And then notice what it says in the next verse, verse 17. And Joshua, he commanded the priest saying, go up from the Jordan. So we see this is being emphasized, as going up. Now, again, direction is important. And going up is related to a call. For example, Paul understands this, being fully inspired by the Holy Spirit when he speaks about our upward call. Our upward call is always agreeing with the instruction, the will, the purposes of God. So you are going to find God moving you up, giving you a different perspective, putting you in a a different condition. As you say, i want to do your call for my life and doing the call of god demands submissiveness it demands obedience and does not god say that obedience is better than sacrifice so we're going back to the foundation obedience now can you obey god if you haven't been redeemed by that gospel message you cannot can you obey god if you're not a recipient of the indwelling spirit of god the holy spirit you cannot so it's foundational only for those who are believers we are the only ones that can truly obey the word the instructions of god look now to our next verse verse 17. and god commanded the priests saying go up from the jordan And it came about, verse 18, it came about when the priests were going up. Who are the priests? The ones who carry the ark. And there's a change. goes back to what we've encountered before, the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When they went up from the midst of the Jordan, what happened? Now, the next word is, I believe, always, in every translation that I've looked at, always is translated incorrectly now the word here is noon tav kuf and this speaks of linatek in the verbal form speaks of a disconnection now most bibles will translate it incorrectly and they will say that this word means to touch no it does not mean to touch it means to not touch it means to disconnect from something it's the same word that you use when when someone uh, disconnects a telephone call today when someone lets go of something it's also lenatec and what it says here if we read it accurately and not simply try to interpret it it's not good when you translate that you interpret a job of a translator is to translate what the word Says, not what you think it may mean. So look again. It came about when the priests, the ones who carry the ark of the covenant the Lord, went up from the Jordan, and it says, Kapot the feet, and it's literally the soles of the feet, Kapot the soles of the feet of the priests, disconnected. They disconnected from where they were in the Jordan. They had gone up. And they they now came to the dry land. So what it's saying here is that they disconnected from where they were standing in the midst of the Jordan River. And now they their foot came to came to the dry land. When that happened, notice what it says, end of, of verse 18. The waters of the Jordan returned to their place. So God had interrupted things supernaturally. There was no physical explanation. God simply commanded the people. And when those commands were fulfilled, what happened? God moved mightily. Let's say it another way. God moved miraculously. So learn the principle. And again, If you have a problem with this, that's between you and the Lord. You don't need to tell me that you have a problem with this. God is saying something here, and that is this. The principle is obedience will bring about the supernatural, the miraculous activity of God in your situation. If you reject submissiveness and obedience, you are saying, God, I don't want your miraculous help. my life i don't want you to get involved in my circumstances miraculously supernaturally and move obedience invites god disobedience ignoring the word of god the commandments of god what does that do it is as though now god is more powerful but god responds to our actions many times and therefore when we say no to obedience It is as though, and hear what I'm saying, it is as though we are pushing God out. Now, someone will say, well, we, a human being, can push God out. Of course, God's stronger. We don't physically have power to push him out, but it's a spiritual law. Disobedience, it brings about a a hindrance to God accomplishing what he wants. It does not challenge his sovereignty. God says this. My spiritual law is obedience, does not bring me into the situation. God, He too, He sets forth spiritual laws to teach us what He's going to do and what He's not going to do. So, disobedience will, will bring back, will bring God to stop what He would like to do. Move mightily in your life. Notice what it says, second part of verse 18. And the waters of the jordan they return to their place and they went as yesterday and three days ago upon all of its banks meaning the jordan's banks so there was a returning to the natural what interrupted the supernatural or what caused the supernatural to erupt, interrupt the norm Obedience. God's word went forth, and it was received by the people under Joshua's leadership. Now, none of this is happening by chance. None of this is taking place out of a a a simple uh, uh, happening. It's taking place under the purpose and the order of God, and this is seen in the next verse. Look at verse nineteen. And the people. They went up from the Jordan, when? On the 10th day of the first month. Now, this should be a very important date for you. See, when you study all the scripture, you know that the 10th day of the first month is the, the day that the children of Israel in Egypt were called to bring the lambs into their, their house. What is that? The formal beginning of God's work of redemption. And what is God doing here? Well, he, he did one aspect of redemption, the padut, that payment for redemption with the blood of the lamb. But now we see the second aspect of redemption. What's that? The fulfillment, the outcome, the results of that payment now are beginning to, to manifest themselves so we go back to the 10th day of that that month the first month of eve or nisan when the lambs were taken so this took place on the 10th day of the first month and it says here that they camped in gilgal at the end of the east meaning the eastern side of jericho they were there in position now Obviously, that date, the 10th day of Nisan, the first of the month or the first month of the year. This is preparing the people of Israel for what's going to happen. They are coming to Jericho for battle. Now, we know that from chapter 2. We see that now, after the spies, two spies have returned, the next chapter they cross over the river now this crossing is emphasized with this memorial memorial to remember the covenantal faithfulness of god and now we see that god is saying in a very distinct way a torah way that he is beginning to fulfill the promise the outcome and that is taking possession of the land of israel so they camped there on the the east side of the end of of Jericho at a place which will become very important next week, a place called Gilgal. Verse, Verse 20. And the 12 stones, these 12 stones, which they took from the Jordan that Joshua set up that he established, he did so at Gilgal. Now, we remember last week, when we studied the first half of chapter 4, that there was an emphasis upon the, the place of Laji. And now we saw that these stones were placed at that location, at the place of Laji. It's now that we're told the name of that place, Gilgal. And why is that important? Well, we're going to learn next week, but I'll give an introduction to it. This name, Gilgal, comes from a Hebrew word that's related to rolling. And in one sense, rolling away, a removal. Now, rolling away usually speaks about something that is too physically strong for us to do by just picking up and carrying it, rolling it away, pushing it away, shows something that is large, something that is beyond us physically to do. And what is God going to roll away? Well, we're going to emphasize that, but let's have a a foreshadowing of it right now. The reproach of Egypt. Why is that important? Because the reproach, and that is everything that's related to the Egyptian culture. Everything that's related to in the Egyptian culture is synonymous with the world. We need to be set free from the world the world's endeavors, the world's purposes, the world's ways. We need to become a kingdom-minded people. That's why this group of people are called the children of Israel. Israel is a kingdom word. It means the servants of, the inhabitants of, and also the servants of the kingdom of God. This is the new identity that God wants to instill upon these people. Verse 20 again, it reads, And the twelve stones, these twelve stones which they took from the Jordan, Joshua, he established, meaning he set up at Gilgal. Verse 21. And he said to the children of Israel, saying, When your son should ask tomorrow. Now, tomorrow simply in this context is a word of future and it's saying here that you need to be prepared for the future what that next generation is going to ask and what are they supposed to be told about the supernatural the miraculous activity of god in the midst of his people and god's presence is seen in The Ark of the Covenant and the response of God, his testimony is seen when we submit to his instructions. It is obedience, this desire to walk with God, to serve God that brings the miraculous activity of God into our circumstances, which gives us, and here's the takeaway for us, gives us victory over our enemies it brings a defeat of those who set themselves against us jericho coming down and we'll come to this soon jericho coming down is a testimony of god's faithfulness his power and the the people his people obeying his instructions and this is going to be huge when we get into to chapter six but now look again at our verse verse 21 and he said to the children of israel saying when your sons should ask you tomorrow ask your fathers saying what are these stones this is the response verse 22 You shall inform them, literally. You shall make them to know. Who? Make your sons to know, saying, On dry ground, Israel passed over, crossed over this Jordan. Now, how on dry land do you pass over a river? Only with the miraculous power of God and over and over what is being emphasized here is this miraculous crossing and the emphasis on the Ark of the Covenant I need God's presence yes you do but you also see God's presence in your obedience and God's presence in the midst of our obedience will be a delivering a a miraculous power that that positions us for victory and where is that yoga what is that about god removing from us all that 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 worldly culture that worldly worldly uh, uh connection that has to be broken and it's only the supernatural power of god can break us set us free from the world and the way the world thinks verse 22 i want to read it again and you are to make known to your sons by saying on dry land israel cross over this jordan verse 23 how's that possible verse 23 tells us what the lord your god dried up for he dried up the waters of the jordans before you unto your passing meaning thus so that you could pass just as the lord your god had done where the Yam suf at the reed or the sea of reeds we would say the red sea now what's important and we mention this there's great similarities between that wonderful victory at the red sea when the children of israel likewise crossed over likewise god parted caused that water to stand up in a great mound on both sides so the children of israel could pass and what it's saying is this god has began a good work in egypt and god is continuing that work in the same way they went forth from egypt miraculously they're entering into the nation of israel miraculously and i want you to see something that's very important look again at at verse 22 because someone is mentioned here and that is israel the people of god by that name now they're called the children of israel but here just israel and the significance of that is that word is a kingdom word he's speaking about kingdom people and kingdom people are those that experience the miraculous presence power And purposes of God being realized in their life because of that we see how God look now to the next verse verse 23 the Lord dried up the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until your passing just as the Lord your God did at the the sea the Red Sea which he dried up before us unto us passing over that we passed over so there's a a consistency with god god does the supernatural that he might bring his people out and he might bring them in god in other words completes his purposes miraculously now verse verse 24 our last verse why did he did it? Why did he do it in this way? Well, notice what's being emphasized here is testimony. Now, this could be one of the reasons why we see the ark of the covenant also being called first in our study tonight by the term the ark of testimony. God works in our life in order to give us a testimony. And that testimony that God works in our life is for others that they might know through god's activity in your life and my life that they might understand god and here's the important factor that they might respond properly look at verse 24 on account the knowledge of all the people of the land is of the hand of the lord now we could translate it this way for them to know on account that they might know, who might know? All the people of the land, and this is the land of Canaan, that all the people of the land might know, they might have a proper understanding of Yad Hashem. Now, this term, the hand of the Lord, is an idiom, that they might know the power of God. And the implication of knowing the power of God, if you truly know the power of God, you're going to submit. Now, let me give you an illustration that I heard many, many years ago about this. Now, if you were walking, and doesn't matter where you are, but a ferocious, mean animal, like a roaring lion, appeared before you. That lion, because of his power, Because of his presence, you are going to fear him and you are going to want to run away. You are going to want to do whatever to be set free from from him being in your close proximity. Now, that's just because you recognize that is a ferocious lion. You're not going to want to just stand around and ignore. You are going to reflect who he is this this powerful line in this same way if you know the power of god your life is going to reflect it this is what this 24th verse is all about and he's saying here the emphasis is not on the people of god but the people that god is inviting now here's the problem the canaanites they could and all those who dwelt in the land we talked about those seven people groups a few weeks ago god it's not his nature saying i want to destroy them now he knows that they're going to rebel against his purpose they're not going to recognize what they're not going to fulfill this verse look again verse 24. god says lama'an dat ko arts <laughs> at yad hashem On account of, this is a a word of purpose. On account of, all the people of the land should know the hand of the Lord. For strong is it. So God's hand is strong. Now, because God has a strong hand, you should submit to it you should should obey his instructions and that begins with an acknowledgement of the power of god it says look again on account now the same word appears lamon it begins the verse and it also begins the conclusion of the verse and when that happens it is to complete a thought god says that that all the people of the land that they might know This is why I'm doing this on account that all the people of the land, that they might know the strength, the power of the hand of the Lord, that they might submit to the hand of the Lord. And then it says, on account, how do you submit what is necessary? On account that you might fear the Lord your God all your days. Now, what he's saying here is twofold. He's revealed that to all the people of the land. But he knows something. They're going to rebel. And what this is for is to strengthen Israel. That they might be the ones. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the the Hivites, all of those. They're going to be frozen in pachad. They're going to be afraid. There's a big difference biblically between the term pachad for fear being afraid and Yerat the fear of the lord when we are afraid not demonstrating faith not submissiveness but just afraid we're going to be paralyzed and that fear is going to cause us not to do the word and the will of god but Yerat that term implies a fear giving god priority and that is going to be seen in obedience submissiveness obedience and submissiveness to the things of god so god is saying this the people are going to know my my power they're going to know that they're called to submit but they're not going to do that and in the end they're going to be destroyed because of that i am going to defeat them because their lack of response to the knowledge of my authority. And that victory that I'm going to give you over these enemies, enemies of God and the enemies of the children of Israel, they that should produce an outcome. And what is that? It should produce with the children of Israel that they give God priority. And giving God priority is going to be demonstrated by saying, I want to submit to God and therefore I want to obey God. I want to take his instruction and apply it perfectly to my life. That's what the fear of the Lord produces. You say, well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes, because when we fear God in in the description I've just shared with you, and we say, I want to submit. I want to carry out God's will. I want to do his purposes that fear of the Lord, it begins with being given, supplied wisdom. What is wisdom? Being able to take knowledge and and to utilize it in a way that fulfills the will of God. So in this passage, God is setting things in order for the people to serve him and inherit what God wants them to have and realize it's faith, Giving God priority, this is positioning us where we can be heirs of the will of God. And you will not know joy, happiness, contentment. You will not understand the the presence of God until you first and foremost do those three things. I want to submit to God, that submissiveness leads to obedience. That obedience brings about God's presence and power and provision. He gives you his perspective so that you can actually bring about to be participants in God's will being done. And it's in the midst of that, that all of these good things, this joy, this contentment, this happiness, all of this is given. And this is what God wants us to experience, but... God has a very, very precise order for these things being experienced by us. It all comes down to whether we're going to take these biblical principles and acknowledge them in our life, not just up here, but in action. Well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others.